0: Politics without the soap opera with unfiltered constitutional conservative truth. The Conservative Review with Daniel Horowitz.
1: And welcome back, fellow American Patriots and Minimans standing at the ready to fight anew for our lives, our liberty, and our property, and to actually mean it. If that is your goal, well, this is your one-stop shop, Daniel Horowitz, here Tuesday. October 25th, back at Blaze Media, see our podcast. You could subscribe on iTunes or anywhere you hear podcasts. Make sure to give us a five-star review. You could email me, Daniel Hurwitz at startmail.com, or follow me on Telegram at C19TruthBombs. When you hearken back to the original fight for life, liberty, and property against the British, the Revolutionary War, imagine the founders having expended all of their energy only to establish a country without the Fourth Amendment, illegal search and seizure, or quartering troops in your homes. That was kind of the impetus for the revolution. Of course not. Immediately, they addressed that in all of the state bills of rights and eventually at a federal level. Imagine going through Pearl Harbor and FDR running for election and not even mentioning it. Imagine going through 9-11 and not having banned people on the terror watch list from joining flight school. Well, that's what it's like now. Here we are, we have this big, magnificent election. We have gone through the worst tyranny, but not just a tyranny, a tyranny built out of genocide. And there is no effort to prevent them from doubling down on any of the five, six buckets, categories of fascism and genocide that arose from covid they're still doing the gain-of-function research. They're still having the genocide in the hospitals, mistreating patients. They're still forcing death shots on people, or at least recommending them and coercing people. And there's many aspects where people are still being forced. But even short of that, how are they even available? Yet they keep producing more. All of the policies and legalities that led up to it is State, federal level. There's so many things we could talk about. Today I'm going to bring on a special, a new special guest that is probably the smartest on vaccine injury data imaginable because he is sitting on data nobody has that show the most direct correlation in timing and age groups with the take up of the vaccine. And not just the immediate injuries of the circulatory and uh, you know blood disorders, but of cancer, the increase in cancer. He has it all there. By the way, also, the remdesivir, renal fail- failure signal is in his data. He has data nobody else has. All 50 states have it. He's from Massachusetts. He has that data from his state. So he's coming up soon, but I, I just first want to Pepper this with some of the new data we have. There was 1,608 excess deaths in England and Wales just this past week. Most of them not related to COVID. 688 in private homes, meaning they dropped dead at home, which is a 27% increase in at-home deaths over the five-year average. This is from a U.S. mortality guy on Twitter Excess deaths in Germany before the vaccine. He edited it all up. Before the vaccine came out, it was 876 a week after 1,413. That's a 61% increase. So, endless, endless stuff. We have the preprint study. Many of the names you recognize Marty Macquarie, Tracy Hoag, Harvard Oxford researchers. And it was actually supported by the Wellcome Trust, bizarrely. They found that to avoid one COVID hospitalization among 18 to 29-year-olds, you would have to suffer anywhere between 18 to 98 serious adverse events to prevent one hospitalization. And again, just keep in mind, they're working with the methodology that the vaccines work. They don't work – to the extent that there was efficacy, it was under the original strain for a few months – and, and as, as you well know, that efficacy was actually worse than not having any efficacy because it came at a cost in the long run. It, it has negative efficacy and prevents you from ever gaining full immunity naturally to COVID. So it's even worse than that, but straight up mathematically. Ethical Skeptic reports he dug out from the weekly mortality surveillance from CDC, 465,000 younger persons have died between April 3rd. 2021 and October 1st, 2022 of this unexplained phenomenon. We know that uh, there's a site, brighton.com, B-R-I-G-H-T-E-O-N. So we have the sports players dropping dead, performers dying on stage, falling ill or collapsing, 53 of them in three months, ending October 19th. We have data straight from CDC's V-safe, right? This was their surveillance where they asked people to report back their symptoms, 10.2 million applied. Igor Chudov has a good piece on that. 3.3% of women vaxxed with Pfizer had miscarriages compared to 4.7% with Moderna. That's a 42% increase with Moderna. The reason why that's important is because that shows dose dependence. Now you might ask, well, wait a minute, the numbers in general seem pretty low, right? It seems like, you know, not above the baseline rate in general. Um, The reason for that is that many women, most of the women in their sample were past 20 weeks of gestation. And the slide does not provide the number of women who were vaccinated under 20 weeks gestation. So um, a number of studies have shown that if the baby's already formed, it's not so much a problem. Now, you do have a problem with the babies then dying. They have heart ailments. But in terms of the, of the miscarriages, it's mainly if they got it before 20 weeks. Um, but nonetheless, even after 20 weeks, you do see that signal. That's an important signal. Why is Moderna that much more? It can't be due to chance. That's clearly because of its dose dependency. Again, I don't know the background rate of miscarriages beyond 20 weeks, um, but but that's important there. Also, the rate of miscarriages drops dramatically after six weeks of gestation. They also use all pregnant women as the denominator, but one-third of the women are missing. So there's a bunch of data reasons why the raw numbers are lower, but again, that's a huge important signal that the greater dose of Moderna – you're right, we know that because of its, you know, four times or three times the dose of Pfizer, we know it causes more heart ailments. So it wouldn't be surprising that it causes more, um, more uh, reproductive issues as well. And we can go on and on and on. All these surveys we have that show eight to twelve percent had a clinical level injury. I mean, we're talking about eight to twelve percent. You know. Chest pains, heart arrhythmia. And, and this is of a denominator of 5.5 billion people in the world. You know, 224 million in America got at least two shots. I think like 260 million or so got at least uh, one shot. So that's continuing. Then you have the gain of function. Continuing. Continuing. Um, U.S. government lab in Bethesda, Maryland. Virologists plan to equip the strain of the monkeypox virus that spread globally this year, causing mostly rash and flu like symptoms, with genes from a second monkeypox strain that causes more serious illness. Then they'll see whether any of the changes make the virus more lethal to mice. They're openly doing this. We have the Boston University research on increasing the lethality of coronavirus strains. And this a Monkeypox, which, by the way, tells me that Monkeypox was dropped on purpose, but they're upset that it didn't cause the damage they hoped, so now they're going back to the drawing board. This is not funny. And by the way, speaking of of gain-of-function, do you know that Daryl Nelson-Cotton, K-O-T-T-O-N, he is one of the authors on that preprint about Boston Lab doing that gain-of-function? Well, Camille Nelson-Cotton is one of the members of ACIP the advisory committee to CDC who voted to place the childhood vax the on, on the the COVID shots on childhood vax schedule so she's his wife no conflict of interest there so they are literally creating viruses to sick on us so they could create other deadly vaccines to sick on us There's nothing more important than that, yet nobody is promising anything, state, federal level, banning gain-of-function research categorically with criminal penalties for those caught defying it, banning vaccines that don't meet certain thresholds, certainly, certainly protecting all human rights and anti-discrimination laws and all this. There's even the emergency powers. Republicans aren't planning to deal with that. So no aspect of this are they really redressing as they continue to go on. And all they want to do is talk about the economy when the economy was a result of them buying into COVID fascism and the next big thing, Ukraine, which 80% of Republicans bought into. And speaking of which, the economy ain't getting better, which is why I recommend you guys join our sponsor, Birch Gold. The NASDAQ is down a third. The S&P and Dow are down a quarter this year. Put your money in the long run in something that actually will amount to something. Historically, gold has held up in times like this. Text Daniel to 989898, and Birch Gold will send you a free info kit on protecting your savings with gold in a tax-sheltered account. What this means is when you do your taxes every year, you want to siphon off another 6000 for you and your wife, a piece or so, whatever the limit it's at, is at, a little bit more than that, um, to put in your IRA or, or your 401k, for that matter, don't put it into BlackRock and Vanguard. Put it into something of value, gold. Um, there's a lot of different companies out there, but Birch has been around for a while. They have a A-plus rating from the Better Business Bureau, countless five-star ratings, and thousands of satisfied customers. So check them out now by texting Daniel to 989898 and secure your money with gold. So one more thing just before we bring on our guest. Just one more one more point here. So we have the gain of function that needs to be dealt with. Emergency powers needs to be dealt with. Human rights on bodily autonomy need to be enshrined. Anti-discrimination needs to be dealt with. The vaccines need to be dealt with, both on the approval, recommendation, and certainly mandate side. And we need an audit of the scope of the injury. People need to be compensated. This needs to be shut down for the future. Immunity needs to be terminated. This all needs to be done both at a federal and state level as much as we can. Then there's the hospital genocide, the discrimination, the maltreatment. This is this is amazing. Um, Marissa Hansen. She has a substack called The Houston Comical. Texas Children's Hospital Insider Breaks Silence. A few days ago, an insider at Texas Children's reached out to me, and she talks about you know the protocols and what she's seeing. In the hospital, and here's just the smattering of observations. My daughter was recommended by her cardiologist to receive a vaccine. She already had a high cardiac risk. We threaten parents who bring their other children to hospital that they need to leave, including infants. Parents are frequently yelled at for not having a mask on. Parents are confined to their room and not allowed to leave until a COVID test comes back negative on a child with an arm fracture. Could te- the test could take up to 24 hours. We push vax on every child entering the hospital despite having zero risk. We delay surgeries on patients without test results back. Staff are not allowed to have community food, which we and my direct manager ignore patients that are allegedly COVID positive. It's not just the mandatory vax; It's the entire policy structure in the hospital that is being pushed. We have created create political organizations that provide medical services as opposed to hospitals. In 2012, I thought Texas Children's was perfect. My kids got two open-heart surgeries there. And the point is, all these governors are putting out these weak statements, yet don't force the vax on children as a precondition to going to school. So we have a hemlock that not only should nobody be getting, but it should be shut down, thrown in the ocean, and every person behind it needs to be trialsandexecution.com you can purchase pre-order Steve Dace's in my book there but even on the mandate side it is still being mandated or really coerced to get you know treatment in hospitals get kidney transplants and if not coerced they make them take meaningless tests meaning the anti-science genocidal agenda is still driving it. They'll just take the most extreme thing. Kids are shut out from school for not getting the poison. We're not going to do that here. But everything else they are doing, including in the state of Texas. We have a lot of work to be done. 10, 15 pieces of legislation that need to be passed in states like Texas and all around the country. And at a federal level, why are Republicans not even campaigning on this? But nothing really comes close to the magnitude of genocide that I think none of us are prepared to face that our next guest is going to present for us today. Now, I do need to shame myself a little bit today. I don't know why I haven't had this guest on, and it's a real shame I haven't, because this is a very special treat Everyone's asking, Daniel, I need the smoking gun. I need the smoking gun. Where where could I prove that these shots are causing so much systemic damage, heart ailments, and even cancers? Where are we seeing that? Where is the data? Well, there's two ways of really getting that data. You could see it with living people, the Medicare billing, the insurance billing, but we're not privy to that. Or you could have the death certificates. You could track ICD codes. Um, you know, you start seeing a bunch of cancers, a bunch of pulmonary emboli, a bunch of renal failures. Well, there's got to be a signal there. And then especially if you could divide it up by age. There is a man named John Bedouin Sr. He's going to be with us today. Computer systems engineer in Massachusetts. Um, he worked more than 30 years in the semiconductor research and development industry. So he's a very smart data analyst. But he's not a doctor. And he now basically became a COVID data set forensic analyst on government abuse and corruption and he's using it to put out information to the public and also to help with and lodge his own anti-fraud lawsuits against his governor Charlie Baker and others for lying and building policies based on fraudulent data like he was able to catch them wrongly labeling children as having died from covid remember all that panic and you know policies arose like shutting down schools and masking children based on that even though masks don't work and it turns out often not only didn't they die of of covid they died of the shot it's you know like like Elijah said to Ahab have you killed and have you inherited they have it both ways it's unbelievable and he is sitting on data death certificate data not just the certificate but the state recorded records which are even more robust than death certificates and He's the only one I know who has this, and if what he has is true for one state, it's likely true for other states. We needed this in all the other states, but the data is ironclad. Now, right now, I want you guys to go to his substack, Coquin Dichin substack. Okay, I'm not even going to attempt to pronounce that. It is C-O-Q-U-I-N-D-E-C-H-I-E-N. Um, that is his substack. And you will just scroll down the last five to ten posts. And a lot of what we're going to be talking about is written there, but he's going to make it easier for you guys to understand today. And uh, he is with us to go through this, as much of it as we can. John, thanks so much for what you do, and thanks so much for joining us for the first time at Blaze Media.
0: Thank you for having me, Daniel.
1: All righty. So now it's your turn. Um, Let's start with why the before we get into what the data says and the signals that you're uh, gleaning from it what is so important about the data you have that nobody else has and where in the world did you get a hold of it
0: okay so going um i've been doing this for a couple of years but it really started around january of this year 2022 I noticed in the news, the news said a seven year old girl had died in Massachusetts from COVID. And I thought, uh, no, it did, that did not happen. <laughs> there's, there's just no way from all my all my data research, uh, there's no way a healthy seven year old girl is going to die from COVID. So uh, we have a group called Team Reality in Massachusetts, a lot of great people. Um, it's, a, uh, it's a group in social media, private group. And I, I didn't I do too much so that if my name was out there on every single one, I figured they'd flag them and deny it. So we got the group together and, uh, I, I wrote some, um, public records requests. It's a state version of a FOIA and spread them around. And one of them hit, and we got the, um, the death certificate database from Massachusetts, from the public uh, department of public health. And we got everything. Uh, I said, redact what you need to, they didn't redact anything. I have every cause of death, every, uh, for every person who's died in the last seven years, over 420,000 records. Um, The difference between this and what the CDC offers is not just that the names are redacted, but the CDC will say, here are the deaths in renal failure, and people uh, around the world will do analysis on the CDC data that is bundled by the CDC. Now, renal failure is kidney failure, and so they'll they'll give you uh, – co- I'll go through some codes, but I don't want to dwell on the codes as much as the names of things. But So N17 through N19 is renal failure. They give you N17 through N19 deaths. And you track them and you look at what's normal over the past and see what's happened in the future, and you say, wow, renal failure is up 10% in, say, 2021 and 20% in 2022. But what I have, I say, okay, I, I look at those like – well, there's chronic and acute. With chronic renal failure, you could have stage 1, stage 2, stage 3, and so forth. And if somebody dies from cancer or they die from COVID or they die from anything and they have <coughs> excuse me, kidney failure, then uh, it'll be listed on the death certificate and it'll be tracked through the ICD-10 codes. And that'll be an N18, uh, N189 n or N181. There's, there's different ones uh, depending on the stages and so forth. But what happens is instead of the 20, 10 and 20%, I looked at specifically acute renal failure. That means it happened suddenly. They didn't have a prior uh, kidney condition. Um, they maybe went into the hospital for COVID and then they somehow died with sudden kidney failure. And what I found is that it, it's not up 10%, then 20%. It's up 40% in one year, then 85% the next year. And if you looked at the graph, it's just like, you know, it's, it's a diagonal line straight up, you know, they're more than a 45 degree angle. Just, just crazy numbers. Um, and the reason you don't see that is because chronic actually went down. So when you bundle the two, one's going up, one's going down, they cancel each other. And so you only see a 10 or 20% rise if you do the bundle. I hope this is coming through over the radio. Uh, you only, when you bundle the two together from the CDC, yeah. and that's what everybody in the world has. Everybody in the world is looking at that saying, oh, that's, that's a big rise, 10 and 20%. Yes, it is a big rise, 10 and 20%. But if you look at sudden kidney failure, it's 85%. It's crazy. It's, it accounts for more than 1,500 excess
1: deaths. That's the important um, point there. So you're saying you have the granular data, every ICD code. Somehow you got it from like 2015 through August or so of this year. So just to set it up for our audience, um, what's so useful about data, about the way things worked out is 2020 – By calendar year, more or less 2020 is the cutoff. You had COVID, well, before you had no COVID. Then 2020, you had COVID pre-vaccine. 2021, you had COVID with the vaccine. And 2022, you also have both, but it's more Omicron, which we know is much less thrombotic, didn't seem to cause organ failure or other issues that maybe some of the acute COVID cases did. So when you start seeing a lot of these things, okay, you see some of it in 2020, And then it gets even worse in 2021. And then the same or sometimes worse in some of these categories in 2022, you're like, well, you can't blame it on COVID, which is what a lot of them are doing, right? Because right now we're at the phase where the media is starting to admit that all these ailments are increasing, the sudden deaths, the the heart, even cancers they're admitting to a certain extent. But they're saying, oh, it's COVID. Uh, COVID was worse than we even thought. But the problem is nobody is having respiratory failure heart damage from COVID in 2022. You're not seeing that. So why are are all these death certificates showing that? And that's what you're, more or less, is that, is that what you're seeing, that it's getting worse at a time where you wouldn't expect it if COVID were the cul- culprit?
0: You, you just summed it up very, very well. And what I my, my original, uh, see, I don't know if it was March or April, I have an article called C-19 Vaccines, the Cause of Causes. And in that article, under Coquin de Chien, which is the initials of which are CDC, by the way, um, <laughs> that was serendipitous. <laughs> um, so the shift happened in 2020 was a year of respiratory deaths greater than normal. Not, and circulatory, were, were, they were up. They were up, too. Um, they came along with a sharp rise in all-cause deaths and COVID deaths and pneumonia. But in 2021, all-cause deaths went down from 2020 COVID deaths went down from 2020, pneumonia and other respiratory went down from 2020, and all the circulatory categories went up. That is an inverse relationship, not associated with COVID. It's associated with something else that happened, maybe to somebody's arm, you know, an injection in an arm. Uh, but that happened in 2021 and continued in 2022 with, with very, very high circulatory system-related deaths. Now, not just the circulatory system, which I consider, I call it blood transport because I want people to understand this all has to do with the blood, but the blood itself with uh, thrombocytopenia, acute hemorrhagic anemia, and, and other blood-associated ICD-10 codes were just through the roof. Also, with regard to the cancers, it, it takes a lot longer with cancer, so you wouldn't see things right away in yeah. 2021. You, you have to put many months delay. But the ones that did go up the most were were marrow, bone, bone and bone marrow, mostly, you know, the marrow, which creates, um, you know, platelets, uh, red and white cells and so forth. So it's very much associated with the blood and lymph nodes, which, again, makes white cells and is very much associated with the blood. So the cancers that went through the roof are also blood related. So you get the blood transport, blood and blood forming organs and blood related cancers all went up astronomically year over year from 2020 to 2021, while at the same time COVID went down. So that's, that, that was the indication where we have a year of respiratory and then you have a year of circulatory system. And it's not right. There's something really wrong going on here. Viruses don't change their, their uh, symptom spectrum profile on a year boundary. And uh, the age spectrum profile changed as well. The people who are dying are much younger now. So they're younger and it's from circulatory. And COVID was the year of COVID, I'll say, um, or respiratory deaths in 2020. Was older and respiratory.
1: Was older and respiratory. So you literally see it there. And again, we all agree that COVID itself had a degree of circulatory and heart. Is a spike protein. Is a spike protein. But the point is, and 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 it's a very good state to have gotten the data from because Massachusetts is a northeastern state, and the northeast, more than other parts of the country, the the pie graph of deaths from COVID were more weighted towards. 2020, they got hit, you know, all the parts of the country didn't, didn't come till later. 2020 is where Massachusetts got hit the hardest. So when you start having worse circulatory death codes, you know, in, in numbers go up in 2021, even 2022, in a state like Massachusetts, like you cannot tell me that's COVID. And then the beauty is you're telling me you have it all age stratified. You have you have different age groups. I've seen your charts. And again, you guys could find it on his Substack um, you have a PowerPoint that you've presented in in some court cases, but it it demonstrates it coincides with the age and timing of the shots, not the age timing, pathophysiology, epidemiology of the progression of the virus. so, um, i want to I want to go to the cancers. So you're talking about lymphoma bone marrow, not coincidentally, those are two things that very much affect the blood it's this is all you know the the gain of function aspect of coronavirus here was designed to be a hematological disorder and screw up your blood we all know that um and you know th- this this shot has you produce an uncontrolled spike um many spikes potentially millions of spikes everywhere in your body so describe how you could prove once and for all there is a massive cancer signal. This is the big one from the shots, and it cannot be explained due to COVID.
0: Wow. Um, So the the same thing, you have uh, COVID going down, you have um, all-cause going down, but you have these specific cancers going up. So you know you could bring in experts, and this is what this is the issue with the courts is that each side gets to to speak. That's a good thing. It's an adversarial system, but they both bring in experts, and the experts cancel each other. And the judges and lawyers are sitting there like, okay, we just heard from two different sides. You can't prove anything. Nothing can be proven. But the evidence is so strong that I believe it, it meets all the. All the uh, standards of evidence—if you want to say uh, preponderance in a civil case, or clear and convincing—you um, could even, if we go criminal, uh, you know, beyond a reasonable doubt. Um, if it's an injunctive thing, they have these things called rational basis, and uh, 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 I forget the others. <laughs> it's uh, strict scrutiny.
1: Sure. Yeah.
0: It, it meets all those. It meets if any reasonable person reading any of these uh, graphs, uh, scientists will say that's Correlation without causation. Like, okay, well, let's just stop injecting people and see what happens and you'll find out. That's what we need to do is stop injecting people. So I I can only say what the data says. I'm not a scientist, not a biologist. I don't subscribe to the, um, you know, we don't want to get into the spike versus LNP transfection and and things. I can talk about that, but it's not what I'm, what I know about. What I know is the data shows, the data shows a very stark change year over year affecting certain things like the blood related cancers i just spoke of um and that's just data but if i go into the records which i did in my lawsuit the records uh tell a a a very very uh terrible and sad story of people being injected and uh dying with you know onset of symptoms within minutes and hours and then dead within a few days
1: so a big important part of your research that I'm reading on your sub stack that I found was very compelling is you talk about when you look at top line numbers, sometimes you don't necessarily see a signal, you know, you because know, people have estimated, you know, whether Steve Kirsch or other people, 300,000, 400,000, who knows, maybe more, how many people likely died from the shots. Well, where would you see it? Where would you see it? So one of the things I found fascinating, I want you to explain it, the different Um, codes and ailments that you're seeing this with so a fascinating thing happened in 2020 the year of covid so in a state like massachusetts in particular um, the majority of people who died in that initial wave were in senior care facilities of covid so when you have covid on a death certificate you're also going to have when you go into a nursing home well what are you going to have you're going to have a bunch of alzheimer's you're going to have a bunch of heart diabetes and you're going to have a lot of cancers too so often that will show up on the, on the death certificate. So therefore, when you go from, let's say, 2019 to 2020, you're going to have a big increase in cancer death codes. Doesn't mean that you had more cancers in 2020 necessarily than 2019, but all those people that were bound to die from cancer, old age, other things within the next one to three years, you had this pull-forward effect. No one disagrees with it, that especially that first wave really hit Those were the kind of at the end of their life, so you had this huge uptick in those codes on the death certificate. So, as a result of that, you're gonna the dry tinder. You're gonna have the pullback because you had to pull forward the subsequent two years in order to get back to par baseline. You should have that many fewer cancer, heart, whatever, because those people aren't around to die. They already died the fact that you even have baseline numbers, much less more, doesn't that show a signal?
0: Uh, I got to say, Daniel, you really know your stuff. (laughs) You you, you nailed everything. Now, it's all about the hidden signals. And you just said it. Why are the signals hidden? And why can't anybody else find them? Because they don't have record-level source data. And because I do, is how I've been able to break out different age groups, different ICD-10 codes. And so the cancer's... Um, we're we're way up in 2020, um, did they die from that or did they die from COVID pneumonia with cancer? Or did they die from cancer with COVID pneumonia? There's no way to really tell. Those are all codes on on uh, death certificates. But what it did is that because there were 8,000 excess deaths in 10 weeks, in a 10-week period in Massachusetts from mid-March through mid-June, that deficit carried forward and canceled out so many signals, not, not just in cancers, but in everything. I yes. mean even if I looked at the, uh, the the I codes, which are circulatory system related, um, there were so so much of a deficit over eighty five. The over eighty five I say eighty five plus group. The the deficit was so great in that one group it cancelled out all the excess that actually happened in everybody under eighty five years old. So you have in the twenty five to forty four category a significant increase and say pulmonary embolism, uh, emboli, emboli. You know, people say it differently. Uh, you you have an excess in 25 to 44 year olds, and yet you don't see it if you, do, you just look at the group together. It doesn't look like a, a big increase because um, of 85 plus. Now I might be choosing the wrong code because I don't have my article in front of me. And I don't memorize a lot of the data. Uh, it could be heart attacks, could be cardiac arrhythmia. Um, there's a bunch of them. But in, in, overall, the I-codes do not appear to be as bad when you aggregate all of them. But when you look at specific things and break it out in specific age yes. groups, you find the hidden signals that you cannot find with CDC
1: data. The hidden signals. So that's that's the thing that over time, even if you want to say that COVID itself might have a certain... Uh, risk for cancer, which we don't know. I mean, this is gain of function. I'm open to all that. But the problem is that when you have you had, especially in Massachusetts, more than twice as many COVID deaths in 2020 than 2021 and certainly 2022. So when you have all those deaths, that's going to create a huge spike in the codes for every element. I mean, we all agree that there was a Holocaust that occurred in the long term care facilities among our seniors, um, we could have, you know, given them, uh, you know, direct vitamin D that goes into the bloodstream. There's so many things that could have been done for them to get them treatment. Instead, they were wiped out, and that's going to cause that increase. So that alone would be responsible, even if COVID itself wasn't cancerous, but COVID did kill them, and they had these other codes because they had these other ailments, and and those were the type of people that it killed. The ones with those other ailments. But then at the same time, you're going to have that many fewer the subsequent years. So to have it par is extra, and then certainly more. And then younger, younger age, that's where you have the data and you have it all presented here. You're presenting it in court. I found that to be just earth-shattering because nobody now could deny that, that we have a serious humanitarian crisis here. The question is what's causing it, but your data disproves based on timing and age that it could be primarily due to COVID. Now, I'm assuming you don't have like monthly aggregated data where you could kind of compare, you know, I don't know. The vaccine had a big take up this time for this age group, and it correlates with pulmonary emboli spiking, you know, right around that time.
0: Um, Well, I have the death certificate data by day. I mean, I can do that. But the problem is I don't have the the, the source record level data for the immunization, and that's one of the things Mm. I'm doing for, to get access to that database. The solution for anybody in the world is to correlate the immunization information system of any state to the death certificate vital records of any state. If you give me a week in any state office, I will produce hundreds, if not thousands of vaccine deaths to a degree of, you know, beyond reasonable doubt. There's no question about it. I will do it. Just give me access. That, that goes out to every governor in this country. Yeah. Pro bono. Okay. Just pay my travel expenses. <laughs> I'll go sit in your office under NDA and, and I will do this and you will know. And the, and the vaccine, if they don't want vaccine hesitancy, we'll find out one way or the other. Yes. You know, I'll either prove that there's no correlation or that there's a strong correlation. And uh, that, that'll that be the end of the discussion. They'll be at the end of the argument because that's all it takes. That's it all it takes. Uh, we, we
1: have that data. And again, the, the insurance companies and the feds for sure have the billing data um, for treatment of the living, too. I think you would see it then. You know, you'd have to use it a little differently um, because there you're directly treating a certain ailment. Here, it's a death with certain ailments. Some caused it, some didn't. But that's not the point um states we were talking about this the other day do states have this data do they not who knows but they definitely you're saying i mean it's not you're saying it's obvious states keep the records of of the death certificates so there's nothing unique about massachusetts you just got lucky and they didn't withhold it from you and now you're sitting on that data um this could be reproduced in all forty forty nine 49 other states right
0: that's correct, and and it can go even further. Like I said, the uh, every there there are state laws associated with tracking immunizations, and in Massachusetts, it's called the Massachusetts Immunization Information System, and there's you know, there's a set of state laws associated with making sure that happens. Uh, they funnel up to a, a federal IIS immuniz- uh, immunization information system. So every state has one. Uh, some states, probably the more conservative states, have people who opt to, to check the box that they don't want to. They don't want the government to know whether or not they've been vaccinated. Um, but nevertheless, those people aside, there's still plenty of information. It's, it's a robust system. They know they have the date and type of everyone's vaccination by name. All you got to do is correlate it with the death certificate database. And uh, you could use the insurance information if they have that. But you only need the uh, the vital records and the IIS of any state, and you'll find these, and that's it. And so, you know, my lawsuit, Exhibit F, is probably the uh, greatest compilation of evidence against this vaccine anywhere in the world. If anybody reads Exhibit F, they'll know what I'm talking about. And, and, and which piece the very, could they find that in? Uh, if you go to my website, um, it's uh, you have to use the S, otherwise it'll say it's not secure, even though it's a secure site, but HTTPS. Colon slash slash and then via Vera Vita, the way the truth and the life. Uh, so v i a v e r a v i t a dot com. So h t t p s colon slash slash viaveravita dot com. And the first tab has the lawsuit, and it has Exhibit F. You can read the lawsuit, and when it calls out Exhibit F, you they're, they're side by side. Um, you can look. Well, it depends on your browser. Uh, but you can read both of them. But Exhibit App is is the greatest compilation of evidence.
1: And and I think also it's important to remember that this is not like voodoo. Like, man, why would it cause that? All the signals that you're picking up on the examination of the death data by year and ICD codes. There's all of those ailments. We have reams of peer reviewed papers. VSafe theirs. German insurance state. I mean, Israeli health ministry survey, the Saudi survey. We have now. We have all over. I'm, I'm doing an article compiling a lot of these recent surveys published in the literature, um, and and then Pfizer's own court release document on the roughly, I forget the exact number, like 1,300 categories of ailments that they identified as of uh, late February 2021. It's all in there. So, and the mechanism of action. Again, you know. I, I, you know a lot, actually, but yeah, you're not a doctor, but we have plenty of doctors um, like Dr. Ryan Cole that could go on forever and have on this show explaining exactly how it it's both cancer-causing and also indirectly um, uh, deletes your uh, anti-cancer surveillance and the P53 gene, and that is what causes this explosion of the sudden metastatic uncontrolled cancers. I mean, it's all there. It all jives. Um, and what is bizarre from a policy level is that if it's not the vaccine, well, it's some mystery thing that's a humanitarian crisis, you would think it would be the number one state emergency. But like you said, you could, you could look into this and no one wants to see, this is the key. Why wouldn't you investigate this? And I think we had this from the Scottish, um, media from Public Health Scotland. They're like, yeah, you know, uh. You know, we're having, you know, more uh, infant mortality than any time since the nineteen eighties and uh it's not COVID. But we don't think it's the shots either. Well, okay, how do you know? Did you uh check the vaccination status and compare No, we didn't. We don't want to look into it. Well, why not? Well, because uh we don't wanna deplete confidence in the vaccine. Well what? What did you just say? I mean, to me, it's almost see, if they actually looked into it and threw up some smoke and mirror, maybe I'd believe it. But the fact that they refuse to look at it is you know, makes them look culpable. So I want to get into where you're headed with that on the lawsuit side. Um, but first, just a couple of questions on the particular things you're seeing. So a lot of surveys are showing that somewhere between seven to twelve percent of people got chest pain, irregular heartbeat, um, you know, some sort of arrhythmia or shortness of breath. What are you seeing in terms of arrhythmias, in terms of the timing and the age groups?
0: Um, death from arrhythmias are up in almost all age groups except for maybe 85 because of that deficit. Mm. Um, now cardi- cardiac arrhythmias, I believe, nine I49.9. But tachycardia, which is a fast heartbeat, which is R00.0, <laughs> uh, a lot of people don't like R-codes <clears throat> that's a whole different discussion for another day uh people think they're hiding stuff in our codes and they, they kind of are but it's also a normal course of business in death certificates especially when with younger people who need to be autopsied by law and it takes six months to get the report out excuse me um but if you look at our codes tachycardia yeah that's way up yeah so it, all, all the heartbeat stuff and arrhythmias um you know, I I get my 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 theories about the arrhythmia deaths. People just dying in their sleep. They don't have any pain. They just die in their sleep. Yep. And um, I'm an ele- I'm an electrical engineer. So, um, <laughs> if you change the impedance uh, in a in a circuit, you'll change the uh, either delay or frequency of the circuit. Now, heart is built on frequency. You have, if you ever see a heart monitor, you get P Q R S T. The peaks. You don't just have a beat. You have it goes up down up up down down up right. So. Each one of those are labeled PQRST. There's a syndrome called long QT syndrome. Uh, it's where the cycle, one cycle, kind of, it's too long. It, between Q and T is too long, so it steps on the next cycle. And then the heart doesn't know whether to contract or expand. And it's like, wait a minute, I'm confused. And the heart just stops. Now, I believe that there's a uh, sort of like a, an induced long QT syndrome occurring that's causing a lot of these uh, heart arrhythmia deaths. Um, And it's because of a a change in the impedance based on, you know, I'm not a doctor. So here I go, I'm going off the rails, right? It's just my theory. Uh, Kevin McKernan is a brilliant guy. uh, Gave me the idea in a discussion we had. And um, I do want to say, you mentioned Steve Kirsch, but I just want to say real quickly, uh, I appreciate very much Steve uh, inviting me into his group more than six months ago. Um, And, and he's just such a great guy. And uh, a lot lot of the stuff you you mentioned earlier, some of He's called. You he mentioned the numbers of how many people died from the vaccine. He called me up. He's like, John, can you establish this? Can you can you verify it? I'm <laughs> like, Yep, absolutely. You're right. So, um, yeah, I do know those guys and uh, plenty more people, Doctor Ely and so forth. But back to your question, yeah, everything has to do with the heart, like that, uh, as the heart is the center of the circulatory system or the blood transport system.
1: I, I just found that astounding, the numbers I saw with some of the circulatory uh, codes that you had in your slides in 2022, where, again, nobody could suggest that Omicron is really causing that. Um, there's nobody debating that. So it clearly cannot be hung on COVID. And again, precisely because COVID did some of this in 2020, and then from the death code perspective, even the ones that didn't die of that but they died of let's say pulmonary but those codes spiked on the death certificates because they're all among the cohort that had that you would have to have a, a pullback in the subsequent two years um, and it would even out so that in itself the fact that we're not having record low mortality because we had a tremendous amount of mortality in the elderly from COVID Um, the fact that it's not receding is a huge huge problem and Two two more things I want to get to on the data. So you implicate what's likely the COVID vaccines. But you mentioned this before. I want to go into greater detail. You want to implicate remdesivir in kidney failure. Um, and you have an article. Again, if you go to your sub, substack, it's a couple articles down. One of the more recent one, Sudden Kidney Failures, Remdesivir, and Hidden Signals. So if you could just explain in plain English again how you showed you know, because again, you know, they claim that COVID could cause kidney failure, how you were able to show that Remdesivir was killing people?
0: Um, well, very simply, COVID's going down. And uh acute kidney failure was going up when COVID was going down. It's an inverse relationship. And 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 not, you know, it's a, if people don't like that word, they're not math oriented, then um <clears throat> and I can also separate out uh, um, the the, the uh, chronic from acute, as I mentioned earlier, and acute, which is sudden, is occurring at a drastic rate. And again, you know, co- COVID's going down, and and uh, acute is going up to the tune of more than fifteen hundred excess deaths in eighteen months in one state from one code. That that is a health emergency. Regardless, okay, call it COVID. Say so all of a sudden, COVID changed what it did. OK, from all of 2020 and, and then throughout 2021, it, it all of a sudden it said, I'm not going to kill people by pneumonia. I'm going to go after the kidneys. So if you're trying to blame COVID, good luck, because it's, it's not uh, it's correlative at all. Yeah. In fact, it's inversely correlative to COVID. Um, but, yeah, that is the biggest health emergency. It's the biggest signal by far. Um, I, I mean, I know the vaccine is killing people. Uh, but what yeah, what happens in the in the vaccine case is that it's spread around to various um, deleterious effects in the circulatory system, whereas remdesivir is you know kidney failure. You know, it's gonna it's gonna wipe out your kidneys. So it's it, it's doing one thing. Of course, pneumonia is going along with it because when your kidneys stop functioning, your your lungs kind of fill up, and and there are yeah. other things associated with it. But for the most part, um, you know when people talk about myocarditis. This is a pet peeve. You'll find it in my article. People talk about how bad myocarditis is, and yes, it's bad. Yes, I understand it's bad, um, but that's 1% of the deaths from the circulatory system being affected by the vaccine. Uh, you're, 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 you're fragmenting <clears throat> as an offensive strategy, as, as a an opponent. I would use a fragment strategy and pick off pieces such that each one is diminished its that's capacity, the one thing um, that they'll agree to that
1: that was allowed to get out. Yeah, it causes some myocarditis, but that's really the tip exactly. of the iceberg.
0: Exactly. That's only now multiply that by a hundred, two orders of magnitude, and you'll see deaths from uh, you know pulmonary emboli and. Uh,
1: I, I know. I I and, see all these um, comparisons. Like, okay, well, COVID, you know, the shots will help. You know, prevent hospitalization to this level, and that's made up, but let's just get, take it as a given, and they <laughs> compare it against the risk of myocarditis. I'm like, okay, well, that's one ailment. What about all the other ones, and then the neurological, and who knows what else? Um, but if I got your remdesivir thing correctly, so you're saying that, again, just like with cancer and heart, you see a bunch of chronic, chronic kidney failure in 2020, because again, a lot of the nursing home individuals that got killed from covid they had chronic you know disease chronic kidney disease okay so that's going to spike but then you saw you know later on it was more towards the acute kidney failure so that's kind of on the spot the remdesivir killing you and it's also i would just add for our audience Massachusetts very much had a strong first wave. Remdesivir was not used yet in that first spring wave, and it kind of was gradually introduced, really like maybe the end of the year it became full standard of care. So then aggressively 2021, and even now, where people largely aren't getting crushed by COVID, but there are people in the hospitals, some some of them incidentally, some of them, um, I would argue, because they got four, five, six shots. So they might not have a huge cytokine storm, but they are pretty messed up from COVID. So they're handing out remdesivir like candy, even I mean, even if it's not acute COVID, they, they, that's automatic in the ER, um, Paxlovid as well in some situations. So that's still going on. And you're saying that's reflected in the 2022 acute renal um, ICD death codes.
0: Right, right. And um Going to something you said earlier, if you give me 30 seconds, I just want to tell your audience, uh, a lot of people have questions or the people you speak to, like family members who don't believe it, may have questions They say, well, I can't believe all these doctors and I can't believe all these people who would who would go along with this or not see this. How can it be possible? It, it's, it's really nefarious and it's pretty simple. You could go to uh, the American Board of Internal Medicine and look up a letter that the CEO's of the American Board of Internal Medicine, American Board of Family Medicine, American Board of Pediatrics, sent to every doctor in this country. And they threatened and coerced them that they were gonna lose their board certification if they ever spread vaccine misinformation, which is left open. And the doctors that I talked to, one of whom uh, left Massachusetts, brought his, took his family out of here because he could not practice here and do what they were telling him to do and kill people. Um, they, they, are, they know, and if you read my lawsuit, you read Exhibit F, they, they know that the vaccine is killing people. I have a six page internal report on a 30 year old who died uh, from the vaccine, who responded to the vaccine almost immediately with a severe headache. um, And she degraded over the next few days and died uh, eventually from a massive stroke at 30 years old, immediately after the vaccine, right? So we know it's the vaccine. The doctors knew it was the vaccine from the first paragraph of that report to the last paragraph of that report, they are talking about the vaccine having caused it. Six doctors on that report. Now, I can't give it to you. I'm not supposed to have it. Um, <laughs> I got it internally somehow. But um, the, the point is, you know what's on her death certificate besides the stroke?
1: COVID. Oh, boy. They said COVID killed And they it. did that in the yep. clinical trials, too. We now know from people. We had one on the show. They literally, again, have you killed and have you inherited? So they took vaccine deaths sometimes remdesivir deaths, maltreatment for sure, and then they blamed it on COVID, so it's a two for one. So therefore, you need to get the vaccine even more because COVID's going to kill you. I mean, so that is the basis of your lawsuit, that you're not just using this data to put out good information to the public, which is certainly very useful. You're using it in court cases. So could you describe a little bit your case of Bedouin v. Baker? You're suing the Republican governor. What you, I mean, we all want to sue everyone and have a trial and, like you lie to us, but what exactly is the statute the cause of action? it's a federal lawsuit, right? Um what yes. exactly are you yes. using?
0: Okay, so uh, try to wrap this up in a few minutes. um standing, everybody gets dismissed on standing. It's a terrible doctrine that we have in the United States, not in the constitution um it It's been made up over over a century or more. And in order to establish standing, you have to have a personalized complaint. So first I had to establish standing and I got thrown out of law school for not getting the vaccination um, in 2021. They 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 did not accept my religious uh, exemption, nor did they mm. deny it. They didn't know what to do with it because I wrote it from my own personal belief and not from the from the stance of, of any uh you know, the Catholic church, you would be my like, people call me Catholic. I'm like, okay, but I'm really, you know, mostly Christian. I believe in Jesus and God and and the Bible. And, uh, I took it from there. So I get kicked out of law school. My personal standing is that in, in the, uh, one of the things they wrote, um, they wrote that the, you know, the CDC and so forth, there, there are deaths occurring from, from COVID. And we, you have to get the vaccine either that, or you're kicked out, because everybody's dying from COVID. And so if the COVID deaths are fraudulent, the source of the fraudulent information is medical examiners in Massachusetts. My lawsuit, <clears throat> excuse me, is against Massachusetts for fraud. And the statute cited, there's uh, fraud in uh, healthcare related matters, false statements, excuse me, false statements, relative to healthcare matters, fraud related to disaster relief, wire fraud, um, Conspiracy against rights, uh, deprivation of rights under color of law, those are all criminal statutes with, their, and they're felonies, five to ten years each, roughly. Um, then, of course, there's the civil action for uh, deprivation of rights sure. and it's civil action for uh, 14th Amendment Equal Protections Clause. Uh, wrapping all that up with third-party liability, I have the Pasternak case in there, um, which is it, it establishes third-party liability, meaning, <clears throat> excuse me, But for the uh, fraud from the medical examiner's office on death certificates, the school would not have created this policy under color of law to to keep me out. So that's how I established standing. And then uh, what I did was, you know, you talked about arrhythmia and other deaths like that. I compiled a correlation between theirs reports and death certificates where I definitively found the person. I got their name, I got their death date, and then I have the vaccine date from bears. And we're talking like hours to uh, a day or two days from onset of symptoms to death. I I read you uh, a list uh, yesterday, and you see arrhythmia, one day, arrhythmia, one day. Okay, so these aren't just, this isn't just data. I'm not just talking about data. And this is why I say that Exhibit F is the greatest compilation of evidence against the vaccine. Because it goes down into the record, and yes there there are names in there um, it it's public information, uh, but there's also the date of death, the date of vaccine, the onset of symptoms date the uh what they died from um, some one specific medical examiner actually wrote y five ninety and t eight eighty one now y five ninety is viral vaccines
1: <laughs> excuse me and um vaccine injury code t eight eighty one
0: Yep. That's, that's an injury. That's an injury code specific to, you know, death from, from viral vaccines. Uh, nobody seems to know about it. If you ask a doctor, they don't know about it. Um, medical examiners, a lot of them don't know about it. Some medical coder. I got lucky, right? I, cause I did word searches for 420,000 records using a string search. And I found where it said, uh, VACCIN and on one of them, it had this code and that's how I found out about it. But the other, the other one, um, is T-881, and that's other complications following immunization, not elsewhere classified. Mm. So that's another immunization one. So the codes exist. We don't need a law. We don't need to create more codes. We don't need to wait years for that. Uh, Medical examiners need to just start using the ones they have lawfully um, and not omitting them.
1: So you were able to query, you know, who died with COVID, you know, and... This element and that element, and you could track it. I mean, so many different ways if you know how to use a spreadsheet, like you do. I don't know how to use them that well, but you know, you have all that data, the original, uh, you know, uh, record level source data here, and you were able to uncover this. And then you had that case, the 70 year old child, where they made a big deal about in your state, like they did in every state when they found one, died of COVID, and you found out not only wasn't it from COVID, but she was likely in theirs, right?
0: She was in yeah yeah she started vomiting within five minutes of the uh, the vaccination the first one and for eight to ten hours thereafter then they gave her a second vaccine a few weeks later terrible stomach pain and um and I'm I'm reading from this is the Bears record she had terrible stomach pain and uh, didn't have a bowel movement for days and so if you understand that portal vein and how it it, it brings blood to the from the uh, the intestines, large and small, you can see where, okay, that's where the pain would cause, and the, and the intestines would shut down. And uh, she was dead within three and a half, four, uh, maybe four days. Um, and they said she died of COVID. She reacted within five minutes to the vaccine. You know, they killed this little girl. There's no question about it. And that's after, you know, they, they, they Diane at 62 from a acute uh, cranial hemorrhage, uh, they didn't say anything about her. So six weeks after her, Brianna dies at 30 years old. Um, and they didn't, she died from a stroke, a massive, you know, brain hemorrhage. They didn't say anything about her. So five weeks after her, Eden died, she was 17 years old and I could go on. You know, I'm a Holly mother of uh, two kids, wife, 42, her brother, uh, 37 died in his sleep. Um, parents lost both their kids at 37 and 42 within three months of each other. And then Charles, uh, at 48, didn't wake up the next day, um, after Bose corporation, coerced him into getting the vaccine. Otherwise, he lost his job, so he relented. He didn't want to get it. He went out and he got it, and he was found in the next morning dead.
1: And, and again, we're out of we're at a time, but you, you could find this list. You have actually a list of all these people that they lied about, and many of them, they said they died of COVID when it's really um, they, they died of the shots. Uh, what What's the website, again, where people can go?
0: HTTPS colon slash slash and then via vera vita com. i'm trying to fix that security thing so hopefully i'll get that done soon
1: <laughs> well yeah i'm sure they're going to be after you security wise wow i wish we had more time but i think people got a good synopsis of the the universe of data that is out there that could shed light on this in every other state you did in massachusetts you have some pending lawsuits. We wish you luck on that. we're definitely going to have you back again and we're going to have to farm you out to all these state legislatures to really um, you know make sure these legislatures force the hand of the governors and the health departments to release this data and blow this wide open so this never happens again. God bless you for all your work and everything you've done the time you've put into this really all you know without any money you're just trying to you know raise awareness to I don't know what other word to use other than genocide. So we're out of time, but thanks so much, John, and keep us updated.
0: Hey, thank you very much. Really appreciate it.
1: So again, that was John Bedouin, spelled B-E-A-U-D-O-I-N. If I'm pronouncing it correctly, I think I am. His substack, again, is C-O-Q-U-I-N-D-E-C-H-I-E-N, at substack, and... um you will find all of, all of this work we discussed, and it's all there. The charts are there. You see all the stuff going up 2021, 2022. And just remember what we talked about. The deaths should be lower. We, any histo- Unless it's the Spanish flu, which killed people in their 20s and 30s, but when you had something that killed people in 2020, particularly in twenty twenty, particularly in Massachusetts, um, in their 80s, so you, that, that was a pull-forward effect. The next two years, you should have um, much fewer deaths, much fewer coding of all these ailments. And instead, we have more. He pulls it out by age, by by icd code you you could tell the guy is brilliant i mean he memorized the number code and for a guy who's not a doctor i mean he's an engineer and a data analyst i'll tell you he does know um mechanisms of action pretty well he could have gone on there so you have uh, all these guys well my doctor said it's a good idea well that guy's not a doctor well that guy knows a hundred times more than your doctor because your doctor doesn't know about any of this stuff it's not like okay a layman like someone like me or John who's smarter than me sees it and then a doctor sees it and you have a debate over it they are not seeing the wealth of information that we have and they refuse to because they have closed their hearts minds and eyes and they will never look at it but we will we will keep this going again every state legislature should be doing this I mean it's not the legislatures the governor should be doing this but if they're not the legislatures need to pressure them we should get this and, and possibly some of the medicare and treatment data as well Um, This needs to be done and contact your legislators, make make sure they do this. Folks, we're out of time till tomorrow. God bless y'all and thank you for listening.